run in for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And on the Raiders mobile app as we are brought to you by our friends at Resorts World. I was at Resorts World yesterday for Monday Night Football, the Super Wild Card wrap-up game with the Rams slaughtered Arizona. It's fantastic at Resorts World free parking you come on in you come right off the elevators in front of that theater where katie perry is putting on this incredible show everybody's talking about this large cartoon that comes to life the visuals look stunning from the people who are going there and right next to the theater's doghouse where they have the sports book entertainment fantastic music after the football games and then right outside there are some of the best gaming slots in the world the newest resort property in the world scott sabella's vision of sports and what they're doing there as the property is still expanding every time i go there i find something new it's that incredible all the restaurants i've been to so far i've had great experiences i keep telling you about eight the cigar lounge there probably the most revolutionary cool spot i've been to when it comes to cocktails and a cigar my buddies from Remy Martin do a great job in there. Took my wife, my brother-in-law, my sister there. We had a great time sitting out at the patio, looking out on the strip, smoking cigars. Fantastic what they're doing there. I cannot tell you, if you're a local or anywhere, you're listening all over the globe on Raider Nation Radio, if you love a good cigar, you got to get to eight and experience what they do there. It's that good. Fantastic. So I love Resorts World. I'll be talking about them as long as they'll let me. Resorts World, my home for Monday Night Football. And going forward for the Final Four, a college basketball's tournament. We'll be doing stuff for the draft there. You just feel good when you're in Resorts World. It's just brand new, spotless, tremendous service. Thanks to Resorts World. Proud partner of us right here on Raider Nation Radio. We're taking your phone calls on the dismissal of Mike Mayock. It's not crazy to say he did a good job. I mean, he told everybody he wanted the team to go to the playoffs, and they did. So he delivered on that, which is very important. Very important. That's what he said. We'll play that soundbite coming up. They've been playing it all day here on the flagship, and he delivered that. If Mark Davis obviously wants to go in a different direction because he's changing the philosophy of football operations because John Gruden had a heavy hand, heavy hand with that, along with Mike Mayock, who made the picks, who had more influence in the pick, that's open for debate forever. The only guy who's going to clear that up is Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock's going to say, that was my guy. I was overruled on that. We both agreed on that guy, but they missed on too many first-round picks. And I I think if they didn't miss on as many first-round picks, he'd probably still be here because the other work that he did signing free agents and bringing guys in on one-year deals were, were fantastic. Pretty much. I mean, there were a lot of good players that came in that helped the Raiders make it to the playoffs this year. Good players that Mike Mayock was able to scout and bring in and evaluate. And 
sign on these show me deals, and a lot of those players are going to be coming up on deals in the future, and the new GM is going to have to make the decision on that. Now, as we look at a couple of the names going forward, I think this is the bigger topic that enough people are not talking about. Whoever the new GM is is going to decide on the draft pick. Trade up, stay there, who they're going to take. Whoever the new GM is is going to decide on the future of a couple of big players. But how many contracts can expire at the end of next season? Derek Carr goes into a contract year coming up. Most of it, you know, his guaranteed money is gone. You know, he gets paid, but the signing bonus money, all of the big money has been paid for Derek Carr. What will be the decision on Derek going forward? That is clearly, clearly up to the new GM, and he's going to have to come in and evaluate all that. One thing I loved about Mike Mayock, I liked a lot of things about him, is he said that every position was open to evaluation. He meant that. They were always evaluating that position. That's why they brought Marcus Mariota in. One of the reasons Mariota was there was the evaluation of Derek and his inability to make plays outside the pocket compared to Mariota. So the new football GM, how important is that relationship with Derek Carr? I would think very important. Hunter Renfro's up, Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Abram, Denzel Perryman, Carl Nassib, Foster Moreau, Cleland Farrell, Kenyon Drake, Denzel Good, Nick Witkowski, and Corey Littleton. Man, that's a lot of players. What do you do with all those guys? New football GM makes a decision, grades everybody with fresh eyes coming in, and he'll decide who he's going to go with. I don't know who that guy is yet. There's a bunch of candidates. Vinny Bonsignor put in the paper today. A lot of good ones. And we'll start breaking down those candidates here in the next couple of days as I book the show with guests who know more and more about these individuals on other teams. You ever think about how Belichick does it every year when he loses two to three coaches and a scout and a GM to another team? Think of that over the last 20 years. How the hell do he make the playoffs this year? Missed the playoffs the year before, and they're right back. And just like Nick Saban in Alabama, every year Nick Saban gets two of his coaches poached and a whole bunch of assistant coaches, like Joe Judge, goes to the NFL every year. And the Raiders would like to have that luxury too. Everybody's looking at the Raider executives saying, hey, man, I'd like to get that Raider assistant GM because the Raiders have been in the playoffs the last three years in a row and made a run to the AFC championship game. That's what you want to do. So if you look at all of this, really what I can throw out to you, and I'd like you to contribute with this last hour, is what I don't want to know who the guy is. It could be Elliot Wolf. You could want uh, Brandon Brown from the Eagles. Uh, Dave Ziegler, the Patriots director of player personnel. Ed Dodds, the Colts assistant GM, who worked under Al Davis with the organization from 2003 to 2006. Let's forget the name for a second. Let's just call that individual blank. What type of football mind do you want in the building now that Mike Mayock's gone? Having the ultimate respect for Mike Mayock and his ability to be a football guy, former player, former television analyst, former GM, who I'm sure is going to work in TV or as an executive again in this league. What type of executive do you want? Do you want him? And I know you want him to be perfect or not perfect. Do you want a guy that specializes in the draft? Do you want a guy who's a great evaluator? Do you want a guy who hires the new head coach and wants that type of juice and power before he takes the job? What type of football man do you want in the building? You're the Raider Nation. You tell me. 
702-365-9200. The process is going to move fast. What I, what I find most fascinating about this whole process is, first off, the Raiders won 10 games. A lot of 10-win teams don't do anything. You know, you win 10 games, you don't do much. You just go, hey, let's bring it back. Let's bring the band back together. That's where that term came from. Let's bring the band back for one more tour. And you bring them back, and everybody says, we'll do this one more time. Let's see if we can go from 10 to 11 to 12 wins. I'm all for that normally. But this whole Gruden vacuum had a lot to do with it. These are Gruden's coaches. These are his guys. Rich Passaccia in Tampa. Gus Bradley in Tampa. Go down the list of everyone who worked for John Gruden, and John Gruden built this staff. Greg Olson, all the other coaches that worked for John Gruden in the past. So if Mark Davis wants to get a different look and new eyes on the product and the personnel, you can understand why Mark would want to do that. You could also understand if Mark wants to bring back the head coach because he's done a nice job with the locker room and the players want to play for him. All of this is wide open. It's fair to discuss. But it stops and ends with the owner, like it does in all cities. Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, Jim Ursay, wherever it is, the Benson family down in New Orleans where they have this massive cap problem. The ownership decides on what's going to happen. What type of football mind would you like to see? And then there'll be more questions about personnel going forward after we get an opinion on what this new GM looks like and what, what what's his philosophy. Does the GM love the quarterback? Does he want to give the quarterback an extension? Does the GM want to bring in competition at certain positions that you might not agree with? Does the new GM want to grind the players into taking less money for a hometown deal? Don't know until that name is there. And when it comes to Rich Basaccia, you know, we take the high road with coach. He is the coach of this team until he's not. And as he's the coach of this team, he'll be treated with that respect on this show. Uh, both Mike Mayock was always treated that way, and Rich Basaccia has always been treated this way. But this is the type of radio that we do this time of year in all major markets. And we're going to do that here on the flagship here. What changes do you think needs to be made when it comes to personnel after seeing Mike Mayock and what his philosophy was with the draft and the players that he went after? I think Mike's biggest miss was Damon Arnett in my mind. Damon Arnett, people say it was Leatherwood. I go Arnett. The Raiders didn't have a second-round pick, and they panicked on a cornerback. They did. They panicked. Damon Arnett was not a good guy. Damon Arnett was not a sharp guy. Damon Arnett looked good on film because no one threw at him in Ohio State. And he had some good athletic moves at Ohio State, and that's why he was a first-round pick. He shouldn't have been taken there. The Raiders could have easily moved back and got him. The Raiders could have moved back for Alex Leatherwood. I think in hindsight, and I was right on this one, that the Raiders should have used the Leatherwood pick to trade up, heavy trade up, to give up a lot to go get Micah Parsons. That was the player that the Raiders needed. If they would have been able to get him, that would have been a brilliant pick. Brilliant pick. And in the future, do you like? would you like to see this GM blow off the draft pick in the first round and go get another player? I mean, I know you want young guys and you want draft picks. But God, I like some of those veteran players this year and how they helped the Raiders become a playoff team. So wake up from noon to 2. It's now 1 to 2. And let's get some opinions on Mike Mayock and his time here in Las Vegas and in Oakland and what you thought of Mike Mayock, 
800-919-9200. Passionate Raiders, start us off this hour. Go ahead. Good afternoon, JT. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yep. Yeah, man, I've I just been sitting back here just doing a little bit of my own brainstorming and searching ever since we seen Mayock was gone yesterday. It was after I called in that it happened. So, you know, it, 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 it just makes you go back, JT, as a lifelong Raider fan and think of every single year, four years, something like this happens. We have only had one quarterback come out of a draft that we have built up that has taken us to a Super Bowl and won, and it's the snake. We have never, ever had – it's never happened again. And then me and my buddy again, you know, I know, we all talk about it, go back to the 03 draft and start forward. We've had three guys that's been hit, and two of them were traded inside the team. So one hit, something, whatever's going forward from here on today forward, with Mike gone, if Mike's gone, it's obviously everyone's going to – it's going to be a whole new house. It happens every four years. I'm used to it, but it's got to stop this time, JT. These guys have a new house, a new home, every bit of money in the world. Mike, I feel Mike was let go because of a lot of his horrible um, contracts on the back end that's going to eat us up this year and next year and knock almost, I think it's $27 million off of our cap space. So there's a lot of things that, that, that not everyone sees that went on behind the scenes that caused for this to happen. Mike's a great guy, great personality, love him. I told him I loved him at the game when I was there. I seen him do his face. He looked at me, gave me a thumbs up. I love Mike Mayock. But you cannot come into the NFL and have that many mess-ups and expect to retain a job. Maybe he'll learn for the next one. I pray he gets another chance. He's a great guy. But for what Raider Nation needs right now is Mark just really needs to just sit back and make sure that whatever decision he makes isn't going to be changed in four years. We can't do oh, you don't want every four years. Yeah, appreciate it. That's, that, that's how you run a business. You don't look for change like that. It doesn't work out that way. If it doesn't work out, if you do your due diligence, you hire the right people, it doesn't work out. You have to adjust quickly and get new people in who can readjust the organization and get you back on track. And I thought that Mike Mayock did a good job. I thought Coach Gruden did a good job building the coaching staff and bringing in some players. But the first-round picks were really disturbing. We never thought that this would happen to any player in the history of the league. It happened to Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs and what happened with the tragedy that killed Tina Tintor. A massive whiff. The guy's going to jail. He should go to jail for a while. Okay, so you got that there. And then on top of it, Damon Arnett. And then Cleland Farrell. But I I keep going back to Hunter Renthro and Max Crosby. But when you don't hit it with your first-round pick, including Jonathan Abram, who's nowhere near lived up. He's been injured two out of his three years, and he's just not a good player. Jonathan Abram's good against the run. He's not good enough against the pass to play in this division. I don't think he is. If he gets one more year, I'm fine with that if he gets the proper coaching. But John Abram was a really big pick on a player that should have been locked in for about seven to eight years. And that's not, that's not what's happening with him. You can't have a safety who can't cover the pass in a division that has Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and let me tell everybody the big, big elephant in the room. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, we got problems. If Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver with Justin Herbert in Los Angeles and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, 
you better believe this new football mind and whoever the hire is going to be is going to have to do one hell of a job to just counter that in the division. Remember, Dallas won, and they went undefeated in their division. And then they went 6-6 six and six outside the division. The Raiders, if you look at what they did, the Raiders swept Denver two years in a row. I believe that's why Vic Fangio got fired. He got fired because of the Raiders. Let me make that clear. Vic Fangio fired because of the Las Vegas Raiders. Swept them twice in a row. You know what I think of Boy Blunder, the coach in L.A., the Charger coach, Boy Blunder. Give me that coach for years to come, even though he's got a great quarterback. And then the organization in regards to football, just on the field, took a massive step backwards with Kansas City as it looked like the Raiders closed the gap the year before, beating Kansas City at Arrowhead. Now all that's gone. Kansas City just boat raced the Raiders twice. And then Denver, Denver's looming if they get a quarterback. If they keep Drew Locke, which they're not, Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to get a quarterback. It's either going to be Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, whoever it's going to be. And that's going to make that team much more difficult. But the Raiders beat two playoff teams in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And they lost to the two teams that didn't make the playoffs, the New York Giants and the Washington football team. It's very important to get the draft picks right. The Raiders were not able to get the first-round draft picks right. And, man, that's been costly. Oh, very costly because of giving up Khalil Mack and giving up Amari Cooper for the draft equity because they didn't have the money to pay Mack. We all know the story. They had nowhere near the money to give Mack $90 million guaranteed. wasn't happening. It would have gutted Gruden right when he came back to the team. He wouldn't have any money to go get players. So Mack was gone. What has Khalil done since he's left? Another great guy, brilliant human being, Khalil Mack. What has he done since he went to Chicago? They haven't done anything. And then you look at the Josh Jacob pick that came out of that. Josh woke up here the last couple of games, and Josh has had plenty of good games with the Raiders, but we'd like to see a little bit more production out of him. And then the Amari Cooper move. And Amari Cooper didn't win a playoff game. Same boat as the Raiders, didn't win a playoff game. And Dallas is in disarray right now where they could be losing a bunch of coaches. Dallas has got a big problem in front of them. Because other teams want their coaches. Dan Quinn's definitely the most sought-after coach out there. And then Kellen Moore, even though they lost that last game, a lot of teams might take a shot at him. Let's get out to D.C. in L.A. Uh, D.C., thanks for calling. What's happening? Hey, J.P. You know, thanks for uh, everything you've done since this uh, station launch. I'd love to listen Thank to you. it. Uh, Appreciate it. 35-year-plus diehard Raider fan. Uh, you know, I, I just want to say... Uh, you know, thanks to Mike Mayock for his service. I you know, appreciate everything he did. You know, as far as who made these choices, I understand. I mean, ultimately, I think everybody can agree that uh, Gruden had the, uh, the final say as far as how much Mayock has his involvement. Who knows? Will we ever know? But, you know, I, I think uh, Mr. Davis made the right decision and moving on. Uh, you know, I would love to see a, a solid foundation built with this organization. Unfortunately, I don't believe that. Uh, includes uh, Coach Basaccia again. I love what he did. Uh, I just look at this team and I see a team that was 10 and 7 that easily could have been 7 and 10, 6 and 11. Uh, and with the talent that's in this division, I just think uh, Davis has got to swing for the fences. If it's nothing, if it's not Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to be super disappointed. Uh, we need somebody to come in here and can coach with Andy Reid. I'm tired of seeing Andy Reid. Uh, 
out coach our coaching staff. Uh, he made a fool out of Gus Bradley two times this season, and I just, I, I just, don't, I don't want to see Gus Bradley back as well. I mean, I think we need to start over, mm. but I don't want to. I disagree I with you. I, I disagree with you. I think Gus. There were some games where they got gutted, no doubt, and they have to clean up that red zone defense. But I love the way he had the guys lined up. I love the way with all the injuries, all the players that he lost, they coached everybody up to step in and become a playoff team. I disagree with you. I think Gus Bradley, Ron Malias, and some of the coaches on that defensive side are really important to this team going forward. I believe that. I'd be disappointed if Gus was gone. I think Gus, after one year, proved that there's an edge to this defense as a pass rush. He coached them well, but statistically, there's still a lot of things that they got to get better with on the defensive side. No, I, I can see that, but what I also can't see, I can't see a new coach. If, if I'm, I'm just making the assumption that Versace is, uh, we're moving on from Coach Versace, I just can't see a new head coach coming in with keeping the existing staff. I know there's talk, let's keep Versace as a special teams coach. That's not happening. No, no new coach is going to come in here and want the prior interim coach on the staff. It's just the way it works. You know, uh, I, I appreciate what Bradley did. Uh, I, I don't think he was anything spectacular. Was he an improvement over Paul Gunther? Mr. Potato Head would have been that. You know, um, you know, I just, like I said, it's, it's got to be Harbaugh or, you know, I just I just think bringing Coach Kasasha back to the second media. And I don't have the stomach for that. I, I'd rather be 2-14 and 14 than 8-9 and nine because, you know, it's just we're stuck in nowhere. Yeah. Plan, where we can't, we're not good enough to compete with the best. We can beat the worst. If we, I mean, what sucks when you can beat any team any Sunday, you can lose any team any Sunday. Yeah, and let I me jump in. NFL, but, you know, okay, uh, let, let, let me jump in, my friend. We went while, a little while. Rich Passaccia is a 10-win coach, period. And if he's back here as the head coach or in another capacity, I think it's great for the team. I really do because he's got the players. The players are all bought in, and he's done a nice job. If they go in a different direction, they go in a different direction, depending on the star power of the name, whatever's going to happen. But Coach Bisaccia did everything you could do. He checked every box. He wasn't a mess with the clock. He wasn't a mess with panicking on the sidelines. He didn't have issues where, you know, players were revolting down the stretch. He got the players to buy in and go on that four-game winning streak. That's what makes this a bit complicated, right? We're talking about the complexity of making a lot of changes or just a few changes to a 10-win team. You know, normally there aren't jobs open for 10-win teams. Don't you think Urban Meyer would have loved to have waited a year and stayed in TV and said, no, I won't take Jacksonville, but I'd really love the Raider job. Go back in the hot tub time machine, look at Urban Meyer. Not a good coach, a great coach in college. Great. Much better than Harbaugh in college, no debate. But Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl. If Urban Meyer did one more year, just one more year on that Fox Sports big noon kickoff show, and he said, yeah, I'm interested, I'd like to be the head coach of the Raiders, the internet would have broke. Internet would have broke. But he ends up going to the NFL, and he checked out. He wasn't passionate. He left the team and stayed back in Columbus, sat on a school, and a girl rubbed up to his leg, and it was just a disaster. No one saw that coming. Who saw that coming? Nobody. I mean, it, it's amazing what can change in a year. I don't think there's a lot of great coaching candidates out there. I think there's a lot of good GM candidates out there. Who are the coaches? I've been doing this 25 years. 
There were always names. Hey, man, would Bill Parcells come out of retirement? Tony Dungy, Bill Cower. How can we get John Gruden out of the booth on Monday Night Football? There was always talk about that. That was the fun part of this job every year. Who's the biggest name out there? Well, now there's not a lot of big names. I, I agree with you. Jim Harbaugh is a big name. But you look around the league. Who's a big name? Brian Flores? He just got let go. He, he, he just got let go, Brian Flores. Would that be a good hire? I think it will be a decent hire for whoever hires him. Kellen Moore, before that game, that game coming up with the Cowboys that they just lost, Kellen Moore was the hot young offensive guy. Now, I don't know if he's going to get a sniff. Dan Quinn. Do you remember when Dan Quinn was the head coach of Atlanta? How'd that work out? Now, he is considered the highest, the best name out there by many, Dan Quinn. Sounds like the regurgitation of the middle-aged white guy, something I always talked about in the NBA. And, oh, by the way, there's only one African-American head coach. In 2022, we had Martin Luther King Day on Monday, and we have one African-American coach in the entire league. Disgraceful. In a league dominated by African-American men, we have one African-American head coach. Disgraceful, awful look for the league. There's not a lot of big names out there, everybody. Jimmy Johnson ain't walking through that door. Who are you getting? Who do you want? It's a really complex decision either way. And Mark Davis will make those decisions, and he will consult with people in his inner circle and on the outside because he does a lot of that. He did a lot of that with the building of this brand in Vegas. How'd that work out? How'd that work out? Pretty damn good. So Mark needs this opportunity here as an owner to prove that he can go in there and make a right decision here. I thought he made a great decision hiring John Gruden initially. Then we saw what happened with the leaked emails from Washington and what happened with the contents of them in a tough spot. Mike Mayock was tied to John Gruden. He's relieved of his duties. This is complicated. And Raider fans should be behind everybody to get it right. And if they take their time with it, fantastic. If they have to rush to get a name because they don't want that name to get away, that'll be really interesting to see. We talk for a half an hour at a time, man. Who does this on the radio? I don't got four co-hosts. You hear six guys clapping in the background? You hear people interrupting me? Nothing. Just me and Bobby running the board. Two hours a day. My head's about to pop. And I got to do three hours tonight. <laughs> and I got to go see my dad in Florida. And we got a lot happening. But I ain't going nowhere because there's a lot brewing right here. There is a lot brewing here on Raider Nation Radio, and we cover it for you every day. 702-365-9200. Saturday, I'll be at Area 15, where I hit tons of golf balls at Five Iron Golf. Beers, food, play any new golf course. I love playing a new golf course. Hit golf balls there. Best simulator there, brand new equipment, brand new clubs. You can even buy clubs there if you like how they feel. It's the best in town, Five Iron Golf. Here comes the snap to Stafford. Looking left, throwing left, the fade to OBJ. Airborne with a two-handed grab. Touchdown. OBJ, touchdown, LA, with 3.50 to go in the first, it's 6-0 Rams. How about the Rams last night? They put on a show in LA, credit to the Rams, 
and their owner for building that colossal stadium to put on games like that. You build the stadium like Dallas, Jerry's World, or the Rams or Allegiant Stadium to put on shows like that, and they were great. They were fantastic last night. Uh, Very disappointing to see Kyler Murray play at the level he did. He was just overrun. I mean, this this pick six that he threw out of the end zone was one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen a young quarterback make. Case Edmonds is the back next to Kyler. Takes the snap, sets the laces, bounces in the pocket, hit from behind, flips it forward. It is intercepted, intercepted, a pick six. David Long Jr. plucks it at the one. He's got an interception return for a touchdown. I mean, that was like 12-year-old flag football. Guy's in the end zone, and he's pumping, and then he gets sacked, and he just throws the ball right there at the goal line. Just awful play. I'm surprised he did that. He didn't feel like he could run in that game. Credit the Rams' defense. They were stingy. They were tough. And then Stafford put it away to Cooper Cup, who had an MVP year. Second and six from the seven. Here comes the blitz. Slides to his right. Throws low. Cut the goal line. Cooper Cup makes the catch for the touchdown. The triple crown winner. Cooper Cup has the fourth touchdown of the game. And the Rams are blowing it open. Rams radio on the call. After the game, Sean McVay, they had a good running attack by Cam Akers, even though that play blew up with Buda Baker, and Baker was carted off the field, and Akers stood over him. It looked taunting to me, but he didn't know he was in that shape. He was that banged up and couldn't move. He was knocked out. Cam Akers knocked out Baker on that uh, helmet collision there. Here's McVay after the game. It's unbelievable. I mean, and really, you know, I don't think the stats tell the story for how good he looked, leveling some runs off. You know, he got a couple big-time runs called back. Also, thoughts and prayers are with Buda Baker. You know, you, you, I got tremendous respect for him. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get some news that, that he's going to be okay. But um, I thought Cam was outstanding. Yeah, Buda Baker spent the night in the hospital, but he's okay, and he tweeted out a photo, put it out on Instagram. For Cliff Kingsbury, there are a lot of fans in Arizona that want him out. They do not believe he is the answer for being the head coach long-term. You don't get rid of a guy who's won this many games, but he is not trending upward. There's only one way to experience playoff football, and that's to go through it. And unfortunately, we, we didn't you know, play our best game, and, and I thought L.A. played a great game, had a great plan, and, and outplayed us and outcoached us. Um, but I think you just got to go through these moments and learn from it and grow from it and use it as motivation. Uh, they, did, they were off to a 10-1 and start this year, 10-1, and and losing five out of six the way they played down the stretch. Very surprised. J.J. Watt made his return. He was a non-factor. He was a social media factor but didn't have much of a factor in that game he was pretty upset and here's Kyler Murray who's really disappointed that was his first ever playoff game prepare all week all season you know to, to be where we are and then uh, you know the game the game wasn't competitive at all so it's disappointing that we didn't uh, you know didn't make it a game you know and, and come out and play the football we know we're capable of playing that's really the most disappointing part yeah, that is disappointing. They were a good team this year. They just played their worst football when it mattered most. I mean, Raider fans are disappointed because they didn't play a good game against Cincinnati. I mean, the Raiders did not play well against Cincinnati, period. And the one thing I want to see change, no matter who's the new GM, I hope the message is play more explosive. That's my big thing. I just hope the Raiders play more explosive next year because I thought they were very nonchalant. I thought the clock hurt them. They just did not play fast with a bunch of guys who I thought could play fast. Now, Ruggs being out clearly affected that. The injury to Darren Waller no doubt affected that. 
but I just believe when you have a skilled quarterback with the skill set at the line of scrimmage of Derek Carr, you want to play more up-tempo. I hope that changes next season. Rob in Vegas. How are you, Rob? Go ahead. Happy New Year, sir. Always good to talk to you, and uh, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to applaud this Raider football team. Uh, obviously, we all want to see the Raiders hoist the trophy. And I think the statement by Mark Davis is a great movement to the future. And, of course, the immortal Al Davis, I remember him saying that the greatness of the Raiders is in the future of the Raiders. And this is a movement towards a statement of winning and uh, rebuilding the organization to hoist that trophy, which we all want and have since 1984. And uh, as far as the team goes, uh, I, I spoke to you, I think, before the Giants came, and I talked to you about Coach Pasaccia and I mentioned to you that he's a leader of men. He, was, he, he, he instilled the resilience that the Raiders showed on the field. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are a couple of instances on the field, uh, down in distance and situational football. We could talk to tomorrow about that. But the point is, is that the Raiders have to be explosive. They have to come out of the game in the first quarter exploding instead of getting down two scores in the third and fourth quarter showing what they can do. And I agree with you. You've got to go out and attack. You know, you got to attack teams. You got to go out there and, and be aggressive. You can't wait for the other team to take it to you. The Raiders are very talented. Obviously, they need to upgrade on the field, but I do think that each player has to step up their game this next year, uh, at least uh, one notch. Hey, and, Rob, uh, I've known you. I've known you a long time, right? You've been calling a while. We mm-hmm. go back a ways. You're always optimistic because you know the team wants to do better. There's a passion you have dating back to Al Davis. And you, you pay good respects to Mark Davis on how they want to get better. And you're not always tearing them down when they make a decision. And when they deserve to get criticized, you criticize them fairly. That's where we're at this year. They won 10 games. We're on a high before that Bengals game, a high that we haven't seen in a long time. They lose that game. They're trying to pivot to become a better team. That's all that's going on. Absolutely. Now, there are a couple of things that I'm intrigued about. Again, I've always thought very highly of uh, Marcus Mariota. I mean, Derek Carr, bless his heart, he plays his heart out, and he, he makes some great plays. He really does, and he, he's checked off the lighter scrimmage and checked us out of some bad plays and get us into some good plays to understand what I'm watching, and he's improved. Uh, obviously, we got to get away from that little turnover every once in a while, but we can win with Derek. The, un- the only thing is, is I think if we're going to build, I think we have to build a team and get that old Raider muscle. And I think that, uh, you know, in the 80s, we used to talk about a Rolodex. And I think we need to go within the organization and our alumni to build instead of going and just trying to snatch a dynamo from the Patriots. None of those guys have ever worked out. You can ask the Houston Texans about that. Uh, The point is, is that I think we should come with some muscle. We need to get a run stopper. We need to get somebody who can clog A and B gap, be a two-gap player on the defensive side. And I know they're hard uh, to come by, but that guy wearing number 99 for the Rams is a difference maker. We need somebody in the middle. And offensively, the offensive line has played well in spots, but spotty in other spots. And we need to uh, uh, upgrade the uh, the plow up front with the center and the yep. guards and be more physical, I believe. I agree. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the call. Uh, well thought out on what they have to do. We have the offseason to talk about after the GM hire, what direction the Raiders will want to go in. Nice, nicely said. As I was taking that phone call and listening, I got a text from Warren Moon, the Hall of Famer who's listening to the show, which I greatly appreciated. And he's doing a Pro Bowl dinner February 3rd in Vegas at Lowry's, benefiting the United Way for Southern Nevada. And he just invited me, and I said, Warren, let's get you on to promote it. 
So I'm promoting it there. We'll get Warren Moon on this week or next week with the details. Yes, is the Pro Bowl is right around the corner, which I'm not a huge fan of the game, the lack of competition, but I do like the spectacle and what Allegiant Stadium will do to make it better. And it's another big day and big weekend for the economy of Las Vegas. Charles in Vegas on 920. Hello, Charles. Yes, good afternoon. TJ, you are the man. You've made my year. Uh, the broadcast team, uh, the RJ team with Vinny and the rest of you have made my whole year very fantastic. So I want to compliment you. A job Thank well you. done, keeping everything as positive as we can get it. And it's been a fantastic season. Now we move on. My question to you is, knowing Mark and maybe his decision-making in the future, I would guess he's going to look for some connection to Raider uh, vintage uh, history. Not necessarily. Not No, 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 not necessarily. And, again, Mark's got a ton of connections to Raider history. He's, he's got the biggest ones with the alumni and the legends and the Hall of Famers. But, you know, I don't know if he's going to go in a direction where it's going to be Raider-related. He might go completely outside the box – and go in a different direction. You know, one of the names that everybody's talking about today is Ed Dodds, the Colts assistant GM, who was in the organization already, and his name is very high on the list, but he can go somewhere else. I mean, everybody knows Elliot Wolf connected to Ron Wolf, but he can go Brandon Brown, chief of players, uh, director of players personnel for the Eagles, and he's got a strong resume as a former player and coach. So I don't know where he's going. I haven't been texting or talking to him about it since the end of the season. But I know how seriously he's taking it. They're on the move right now. They're dealing and wheeling and dealing as we speak today. Would he consider if Rich continues as head or he becomes head coach, his connections through the 30 years of his background, the various GMs he's worked for, and if uh, Mark would possibly listen to him, maybe there's some connection with his background that would bring a GM in. Don't know the answer to that. Appreciate it. I know Rich Passaccia is one of the most connected coaches in the league. He's got a lot of friends everywhere. He was the assistant head coach. You know, people were shaking their head. How do you get the How do you get the head coaching job? What? He was the assistant head coach in Tampa, San Diego when the Chargers were there, the Dallas Cowboys, and he was the assistant head coach of the Raiders because he was well qualified to steer the ship under duress. Well, what was happening off the field? Did a did a wonderful job. And everybody's talking about him today from writing those thank you notes to the players. I'm sure Mike Mayock, and I haven't been able to talk to Mike. I hope I can shortly here. I'm sure his exit out of the building was gracious. And a lot of people were hugging and thanking him for what he did. The organization is on good ground after 10 wins at Allegiant Stadium in the future. I think we can all think that he's the right guy. Not just one player, not just one side, but everybody, you know. Um, he's proven, uh, you know, that he, he, people listen to him. And not just people, but our team listens to him. Uh, you know, and I, I love him so much. I'm thankful for him. Um, all of those things will be decisions that I don't, I don't make, I don't get to make. You know, I just play quarterback and uh, do my best to complete every pass. Yeah, I don't make any decisions either. I just do a few radio and a little TV show, and that's it. And Derek Carr, really going all out for Rich Passaccia. Why wouldn't he? Rich Passaccia treated him great. They got a great 
friendship and a coaching relationship and that's the type of guy Rich Passaccia is. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll wrap it up coming up here. Thanks to Jeff Sherman. Uh, we'll do a lot of NFL analysis, some gaming talk the rest of the week. Don't know what the next move is going to be with the Raiders. Have no idea. But when we do, we'll have it for you here on Raider Nation Radio with this lineup, which is a great lineup when it comes to breaking news. Vinny, Q's always down there in the building. Who's ever on in the morning with Clay, Heidi, if it's Mike Pritchard, it was good experience. They're going to give you the breaking news when we get it here. We'll see what the rest of the week looks like. Charles in Vegas. Uh, you're up next. No, we'll get out to Raider Seas. Did I get that right in Anaheim? Go ahead. Hey, JT. Yeah, Raider Seas. Um, Thank you. So what I want to see from our next GM is um, mm-hmm. just for when they draft a player that they actually, you know, keep them in that same position that they were elite at, you know, to even get drafted. Uh, my example right, would be Lynn Bowden Jr. You know, he was a receiver. He was a QB. Uh, he did it all. And yeah, he was yeah, a character you know, guy. He, he was a character yeah. guy. They didn't like his behavior after they drafted him and, and saw his lack of work ethic in the building. So that was a big pick. You know, Tanner Muse didn't play. And, and Lynn Bowden, when you looked at him, and, and he came in, he wasn't the guy that they did their homework on. He changed when he got to Vegas slightly. They, they didn't like his like work ethic. That, they right? didn't want they didn't want him around. They didn't want him around other players. They thought he was a bad influence. So that I'm happy you brought up that pick. That was a big pick that could have been used on a better player that could still be here. We also then traded for Raquan McMillan, who isn't on the team anymore either. Yeah. And you know, we also give up some draft capital as well. So it's like I just hope that when we do use, you know, the next GM, they could at least if we need a running back, we should have got an elite running back, at, you know, who is left. So I just hope the next GM could, like, really nail that and just make it happen, obviously, to get characters, right? Well, yeah, yeah, you want to see that these guys get the best out of their ability to be drafted high. Thanks for the call. Mayock did a pretty good job finding value with Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby, who a lot of other teams could have took before the Raiders pulled the trigger on those players. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to guess right on a player. But I thought for Mike Mayock, he made a lot of good. How many times did I sit here and tell you this year, before the Raiders, after the Dallas game when the Raiders were playing their worst football, and then they had the leadership in the locker room to save the season, really save the season. That's because of the players that Mike Mayock brought in who were able to step in. True font, right? You look at the players who had a game or two that were decent. Uh, Divine Diablo, and they benched. I thought Littleton, a player who's probably my most disappointing player, is Littleton. I don't know him well. I'm sure he does a lot of cool things off the field. But that guy was supposed to be a pro bowler. But they got they had backups that came in. And as I talked to Mike about that, sometimes the backups are better than the starters. If you have a really good organization, there are times when the starters don't go to the bench because the team's winning. And you don't get to see the product that you drafted behind them, the reserves. They just don't play other than practice. Well, we saw a bunch of Raider reserves step up and play really well when they had to with the season on the line. And that was important, especially the defensive line. That's one of the – I did a Zoom call with Mike and the season ticket holders. We've been dealing with COVID. That's another thing that Mike Mayock had to deal with. And I'm happy I can get that in before the end of the show. Mike had to deal with COVID, and so did all the other GMs. But Mike's a hands-on guy. He likes to get on an airplane and go to a college and walk a campus and talk to these kids and their coaches. 
a lot of that they couldn't do. The scouts, a few of them could do it, but they didn't have the ability to travel and do what they wanted to do. So Mike Mayock leaves after a 25-24 and 24 record. That's above 500. And his first playoff appearance. And the Raiders first since 2016. And the Raiders have already begun the process of finding his replacement. They requested an interview with Patriots Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler. And there's more and more moves coming up here. But we'll see. Mike was hired as the GM of the Raiders on December 31st, 2018. After 15 years on NFL Network as a draft analyst. I wish Mike Mayock nothing but continued success and a great life. And I hope we bump into him and talk to him again down the road. He was always good to me. He was fantastic on the radio and television. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening as always.